All right, let's pray. God, we thank you for the way that you reveal yourself to us in um, big ways and in little ways, and we ask that uh, you would always help us to keep our eyes open um, to see you in our midst. And Lord, now as your scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we pray that you would open our eyes to see you more clearly, open our ears to hear that word you have for us today, open our hearts that we would be challenged and convicted, and that we would know you better. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So our passage today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Let us hear now the word of the Lord. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we've all heard jokes about St. Peter standing at the pearly gates of heaven, deciding on who gets in and who doesn't. Now, many of those jokes make us laugh, they bring a smile to our face, but most of them have the false assumption that we have to do something to get into heaven. Some people are actually shocked to learn that there isn't actually anything that they can do to get into heaven. It's human nature for us to think that we have to please God and that we have to earn God's favor in order to get through those pearly gates. Most people don't understand that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ and not through our actions. Not only is this a problem in our world today, it was also a problem in our scripture lesson this morning. Nicodemus just didn't get it. Now, Nicodemus was not your average Joe in those days. He was one of the most religious and educated guys around. We've been ta talking the past few weeks about the Pharisees and how they were the religious elite of the day. 
They studied and they obeyed the law without fail. Well, Nicodemus was one of them. He was a Pharisee, he was rich, and he was a respected member of the community. But even though he was one of the most religious men in the community, he still didn't get the message. He had all of the head knowledge that a person could have. He knew all of the rules and he followed them faithfully, but he didn't have heart knowledge. It wasn't personal for him. Nicodemus had a lot of religion, but he didn't have a relationship. I'm sure that that sounds familiar to many of you. There are a million religious people sitting in churches this morning who are a lot like Nicodemus. They go through the motions. They are connected with their heads, but their hearts aren't engaged. So many people get involved with the church, but they don't get involved with Jesus. We talked about that at our new member class yesterday, that going to church doesn't save you. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ will save you. And this is what Jesus is trying to get through to Nicodemus. But he just doesn't get it. He is totally confused. In those days, it was common thought that all Jews would go to heaven, except for those who were guilty of some deliberate sin or some terrible wickedness. But here, Jesus is telling Nicodemus that even though he's one of the top religious guys in the community, that he cannot enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Imagine Nicodemus's confusion when he heard that. Now, we have proof that he's confused because he took it literally and he said to Jesus, well, wait a minute, how can a person be born when he is old? Are you saying that we have to enter our mother's womb for a second time? Jesus was speaking from a spiritual perspective, but Nicodemus was hearing from a physical perspective. He had no idea how a person could possibly be born again. When Jesus said that it was necessary to be born again or to be born anew, Nicodemus totally misunderstood him. Now, that misunderstanding came from the fact that the Greek word that is used here has three different meanings. It can mean from the beginning, it can mean again, or it can mean for the second time, uh, or from above, or from God. And it's not possible to get all of those meanings into one English word, and yet all three of them carry the meanings of born anew. So to be born again means to undergo such a dramatic change in your life that it's like a new birth. It's when something happens to your soul, which can only be described as being born all over again. It's about a change of heart. It's when you realize that you cannot do this life on your own and that you cannot do it without Jesus. Being born again is not about our effort. It's not about doing enough good things to get into heaven. It is about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Being born again isn't something that we can do. It's something that God does in us through the Holy Spirit. Being born again is an intervention by God. He changes us. But Nicodemus still didn't understand. So Jesus goes on and he explains further. Nicodemus, he says, I'm talking about a spiritual birth. Unless a person is born of water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the water that Jesus refers to here is a symbol of cleansing. 
You see, when Jesus takes over our lives, when we love him with all of our heart, then the sins of the past are forgiven and forgotten. And if it were that simple, it's highly likely we would just continue to make the same mistakes over and over again. But when we receive the Holy Spirit, this new power enters our lives and helps us to do the things that we could never do on our own and to do what be we, who we could never be on our own. Water and spirit represents cleansing and the strengthening power of Christ, which wipes out the past and gives us victory in the future. To be born again is to be changed in such a way that it can only be described as rebirth or recreation. And that change comes when we love Jesus and when we allow him into our hearts. Then we are forgiven of the past and we are armed with the Holy Spirit for the future. Jesus tells Nicodemus that he shouldn't be surprised by these words. He shouldn't be shocked that a person should be born from above. Being one of the religious elite of the day, none of this should surprise or confuse him. Yet it does. There are two types of misunderstanding when it comes to being born again. First of all, sometimes we don't understand because we haven't reached a level of spiritual maturity. Perhaps you're new to the faith or new to the church. It could be that you grew up in the church and you didn't even realize that there was more to it than simply attending church. There's also the misunderstanding of those who aren't willing to understand. There are people who fail to see because they refuse to see. You see, it's a choice. And some people can deliberately shut their minds from the truth simply because they don't want to accept it, simply because they don't want to change their lives. Nicodemus was like that. He should have been more mature in his faith because he was a Pharisee. He was a religious leader. But his problem was that he had all of the head knowledge, but it wasn't personal. He studied the law, he knew what it says, he knew the traditions inside and out, but he was not born again. That's the same issue that many of us face today. We know what the law says, we know what the Bible says, we know what all the traditions of the church. We've memorized scripture, we go to church every week and can't even remember the last time we missed Sunday school. We serve on church boards and committees. We're pretty much here every time the door is open. We are doing everything that Nicodemus did. But here is the hard truth. Jesus says, so what? He doesn't care about keeping traditions and memorizing the laws if they aren't going to change your life. It doesn't matter that you go to church every week if you're not going to talk to Jesus until you come back next week. Jesus says it doesn't matter how many good things you do if you don't understand that it has to be personal. You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Here's the other thing about Nicodemus. He went to Jesus under the cover of darkness because he didn't want to be found out. He was curious about Jesus, but he didn't want to risk everything. Nicodemus heard the truth that God so loved the world that he, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. He heard that. But the problem with Nicodemus is that he's living in the shadow. He's still living in darkness. 
He's not the first person, and he won't be the last, to follow Jesus from a distance. He is not the last person to follow Jesus in the dark where no one can see him. But Jesus is challenging Nicodemus' faith here. He's saying that his faith needs to be brought into the light. It needs to be lived out. It can't just be in his head. It has to come from his heart as well. Nicodemus was so worried about what everybody else would think and about the consequences of following Jesus that he never followed with his whole heart. He never admitted that he believed Jesus was who he said he is. He was always on the sidelines or in the background. In John chapter 7, we see Nicodemus once again. There was a conversation between Pharisees and the temple guards. Hear what it says in seven, uh, chapter 7, verses 45 to 51. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guard replied. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisee retorted? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? So you see what happens here. Nicodemus isn't brave enough to say that he believes. But in his own way, he kind of sticks up for Jesus a little bit. He doesn't admit that he's defending Jesus. He would probably just say that he's upholding the law. He didn't want to admit that he believes in Jesus because he doesn't want to suffer the consequences. And then we see Nicodemus one last time at the end of John's gospel um, after Jesus was crucified. Chapter 19, verses 38 and 39. It says, Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Can you imagine that inner struggle that Nicodemus must have gone through? Nicodemus was there from the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He had witnessed Jesus' miracles, but he never believed in him. He never stood up for him. He watched his colleagues condemn Jesus, but he never spoke up. He witnessed the brutal beating and the crucifixion, but he never tried to stop it. His faith was always under the cover of darkness. Friends, this passage challenges us to think about how often we live in the darkness or on the sidelines. We are challenged to assess our own spiritual maturity. Do you say that you believe, Do you, but you hide in the shadows? Have you fully accepted the invitation of Jesus to be in a relationship with him? No matter where you come from this morning, you have a brand new opportunity right here and right now to make that commitment to Jesus. If you have been on the sidelines for way too long, take that step of faith today and make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you are living in complete darkness and you're tired of it, Step into that light today and give your heart to Jesus. 
He's waiting for you to give your all because he has already given his all. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we know that there are some here today who are like Nicodemus. They know who you are. They've seen your miracles. They've even followed you, but from a distance. Lord, touch their hearts today, that they may completely surrender to you, that they may step out of the shadows, out of the darkness, into the light, and completely surrender. There are some here today who, like Nicodemus, are afraid to take a stand for you. They're afraid to admit that they know you. May your Holy Spirit grant them courage to put their faith into action. Lord, we pray for all of us today. May we leave here today changed. May we be different than when we walked in the door today. May this be a time for us to renew our commitment to you. We give our hearts and our lives to you. We pray this in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and all God's people say, amen.